When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. ALCS edition, hooray! <laughs> I say it tentatively because uh, we are doing this after the first two games, which the Yankees, uh, you know, lost both in Houston. So, uh, my friend Kunj and I over there, how you doing? Grumble, 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 grumble. Yeah, that's uh, that's essentially the <laughs> podcast. So, uh, good catching up. We'll talk to you. Later. <laughs> that's it. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we should say it's been a minute since we podcasted. We were supposed to podcast after the end of the division series, but because of all the rain that pushed it to Tuesday, and uh, then we ended up having, we couldn't come together for uh, an immediate podcast time after that because of travel and work stuff. So we didn't end up having to do a division series wrap up, which is probably too bad because that would have been a lot more sunny than this one will be. That would have at least been a fun podcast. <laughs> yeah, because like the Yankees, you know, let's let's be clear, they also struggled to hit in the division series, 182, 273, 370. Not what you want, but they still won the series anyway over the Guardians. Yay! And now yeah. we're here. <laughs> <laughs> the moments were good. Um yeah, we should just briefly go over that a little bit, just because that was a, a playoff series featuring the New York Yankees, you know? Uh, they did a good job coming back from that absolutely miserable game three where they collapsed in the ninth inning. Um, I was watching at a bar and uh, wanted to eat my own face in shame. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know we should talk about the Yankees, but I'm very curious on the logistics of eating one's own face. But maybe yeah. we shouldn't talk about that here. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it was uh, it was a, it was an overall good, fun series, I guess. If not, still frustrating. Um, there were definitely some uh, choices and uh, decisions made during the division series, and that's obviously lingered on into the ALCS, which we'll talk about in a bit. But ultimately, you know coming out and winning that series, maybe taking a game or two longer than people expected. But again, 
you're still facing a, a, a solid major league baseball team. So it's not like you could just be, you could, you know, expect to sweep them in three games and, you know, anything less than that is bad. Ultimately they still came out of it. Uh, thanks to Garrett Cole, just shoving in game four. Yeah. And, he like, basically won chance. that playoff series is like him and Wandy Peralta, <laughs> you know, yeah. cause uh, Wandy pitched Peralta pitched all five games. Game. <laughs> yeah. That's just incredible. I mean, I think the first, player in division series history or something like that or yeah. at least in <laughs> yep <laughs> no, that's, that's true that was the that was the fact that was going around wandy shoved he was great and yeah. uh garrett cole did what an ace like garrett cole is supposed to do he dominated in game one came back with the season on the line in game four and dominated again and then they were able to win at home in game five because uh cleveland decided to start aaron savali for some reason jacarlo Stanton threw a home run in the first that's the ball game you know yeah, because uh, Nestor Cortez, just cried out on three days rest, showed up uh, five great innings. Then the bullpen took over, and that was that. Yeah, the funny thing about Garrett Cole, so he started on Sunday for Game Four, and then Game Five of the LDS was supposed to be Monday, but obviously that got rained out. But even on Monday, after throwing 110 pitches in Game Four, he's like, "I'm ready to go, Boone. Put me in. Put me in." Yeah, and I was like. Maybe, maybe we don't do it literally immediately the next day. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Like this is, that's like some, uh, that might only happen in like, you know, game seven of the world series. We're not like this. And even then, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, but he, did, he did warm up in a relief in game five when they actually put it back another day because of the rain. So he was ready to come in. If Wani uh, Peralta, I think even put on like a, another base runner. Yeah, that would have been uh, interesting to see, but ultimately didn't need him. Uh, yep. Wandy was doing Wandy things, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah Wandy Peralta <laughs> is just the closer now, I guess, or <laughs> some sort of versatile relief weapon, but he's he's cool. Yeah. Between Wandy Peralta, I think it's like Wandy and Clay Holmes are like sharing closer duties while Loisica is just like, hey, I'm just going to keep pitching to the heart of the order and coming in whenever you need. Yeah, and honestly, that's the right way to do it. So, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. For So, in, in that regard, we haven't had a ton to criticize in terms of bullpen management, but we do have other things to criticize in terms of bullpen management. Like, for one, the, the game three loss was partially because Clay Holmes was not pitching, even though he thought he was going to be available, but there's complete miscommunication or Boone just wanted him to think that he would be ready in a case of emergency. And that's it. But it did not seem to amuse the clubhouse. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's definitely like just a weird, weird thing where like he was available if it went to extras, because that would be considered an emergency situation. But the, the ninth inning in a safe situation is not an emergency situation. I don't know. Yeah, ninth inning where uh, the Yankees are collapsing and uh, having to put Clark Schmidt out there. And uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. And Again. that's, that's, uh, that's the first me. That was the first notable bullpen question mark. The other one was uh, in game one of the ALCS. We're just going to jump ahead to the next round when the first people out of the bullpen to help, uh, Jameson Tyone were Clark Schmidt, and after Lou Trevino cleaned up his mess after the back-to-back home runs, Trevino only made seven pitches, and then he was replaced with Frankie Montas, who gave up a home run like immediately. So, <laughs> like, yeah, 
and like I, it's the issue i think we've talked about in the slack and i think you agree you're you're going to agree with what i'm about to say the issue isn't so much even using schmidt and montas sure it's that if you're bringing trevino in use him for more yeah like, leverage like him not, a little longer they're not really maximizing him and i don't really get it i don't know if they're trying to hide an injury or something he can really only do a couple batters or they only want him to do a few pitches so that he can quickly come back the next day but I think you got to manage for today in that instance. Like Schmidt was able to get that double play ball that he needed. So it, the move looked good at first, but then Schmidt came right back out for the next inning and got smoked for back-to-back home runs by Yuli Gurriel and Chaz McCormick. And that was basically the ball game. I mean, obviously the insurance run on the solo homer off Montas by uh, Pena, I think, uh, put them up 4-2 or for one at the time, then Rizzo got them within four, two, but I mean, that, that was, that was the game. Yeah. And the, that's the big thing. There's issues outside of the bullpen management as well. Like with the lineup and the oh, offense sure. like yeah. with Boone and stuff like, so we'll get to that again. But the biggest issue with the, with the bullpen management seems to be the like conceding or playing for tomorrow or just like not having a sense of urgency. Like these decisions, if he makes them in a like random stretch in like July or June or whatever, you kind of just get like slightly annoyed by it and you're just like whatever. But these decisions are the ones that will come back and bite you in the ass right now, and there there may not be a next week of games, so yeah. you can't play for you can't play for tomorrow and stuff like that when you don't know if that's going to happen in July. You know there's going to be a next series. You still have you know whatever amount of games left. You don't have that in October. You don't have that luxury, and. I, I understand being a little hesitant in like kind of going back to the ALDS for a quick second with like the Clay Holmes usage just because he's just coming back from the injury and stuff like that. But again, if he's available in an emergency situation, what the hell else is an emergency besides, hey, we need to win this game? You're in October. You're in the playoffs. I understand it's a five-game series and you still technically had four games four and five there, but you maybe don't have to get to game even pitch game five and then Maybe things are a little bit different for the, the the CS. If you try and win game three, you don't go there and be like, hey, we still have two other games we could win. And yeah, it happened to work out. But what if it didn't? You yeah, it was play for today. getting a little bit too cute, you know, and it seemed like there, there was just a little bit of frustration in the bullpen just in terms of like roles and what's going on. Yeah. But whatever. As, as you said, like this the struggles this postseason have ultimately come down to the offense not doing enough. It's right. really frustrating to see the lineup fall apart this way. And obviously, there are some holes that we can point out. But even, like, the big names are not doing enough, you know? Like, the Guardians and the Astros have done a pretty good job of pitching to Judge. And so he's only had, like, five hits in the postseason. One of them went. One of them, or two of them, went out. Excuse me, in the DS. Yeah. Um, and he made really good contact, obviously, on his last fly ball that may have gone out in other situations oh. against uh, in the eighth inning last night with Kyle Tucker catching the ball and right. But still, both teams have done a good job of shutting him down. Stan has been kept mostly at bay. Uh, Glaber Torres has only like three or four hits in the postseason. So. When those guys yeah. are not doing much, then yeah, you're going to be exposed by the Josh Alton's, the Isaiah Conifalefas, the second half Jose Trevino's of the world. It's uh, it's yeah. a bad recipe, and they're just not hitting at all, and that is an extreme concern. Yeah, I think like 
Anthony Rizzo is the only one who's been like decent, <laughs> but yeah, there's even, still a lot even him is just like you know, like, and it's like yeah. it's just compared to how bad everyone else has been. I think I don't even think he's been good. Yeah, necessarily he, he's been he's been okay yeah because like he's yeah. one for six in the cs he was uh five for 17 in the ds which is better and that was 958 ops so that's that that was good but he's you know kind of shut down again and harrison bader has the four home runs which is really funny but uh that's uh that's about it yeah and then you look at like matt carpenter who just has looked rusty as all hell seven strikeouts and seven plate appearances and like I, I don't blame them for trying to get him in there because he was such a big weapon but it just it hasn't looked pretty and the, but the, the problem is that like what's the alternative right now you know there there is no alternative and I still think you try and figure out a way to get him in there just to see um and I think they did that in game one by putting Stanton in front of the Crawford boxes for left field. And that was okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it's tough. Yeah. And, and there's really no, not many better solutions. I mean, they did, they, it's, I was going to say like in games four and five of the ALDS, they kind of finally admitted like IKF shouldn't be the starting shortstop and let uh, Oswaldo Cabrera start there. But then, in game one of the ALCS, IKF was back starting again, even though they actually rostered uh, Oswald Peraza uh, after Aaron Hicks went down with an injury and, you know, his season and possibly Yankees career is over. But we'll talk about that again in a little bit. But so you have Oswald Peraza and I- IKF wasn't good enough to start in two elimination games, but then game one of the ALCS, that's like another part where it's just like, are you just throwing this game away? Or are you just okay with losing it? Um, where you're starting IKF there, but. Game I guess, two. I guess the idea Peraza. maybe is that he didn't want like Peraza, the rookie facing like a guy who's probably going to win the Cy Young and Verlander, and if he's just like whatever, then he's putting IKF out there. But obviously Peraza, I think, is the better defensive player, so just play him. I so I don't even know if it's just like them giving it away of just like we we wanted we want to do this in this game, and it's and it didn't work out. Uh, and I worry IKF will return to the lineup in game three and four. And maybe five, but again, like someone's gonna hit, and I don't know what to do about it. You'll you'll never convince me that there's any sort of strategy that you can come up with where IKF should be starting over Peraza right no. now. Now that was more just like me trying to figure something out. Yeah. <sighs> and, but, and, and like maybe you maybe you put him in at third over Josh Donaldson, like IKF I'm talking about, and like that I can kind of squint and see maybe working because Josh Thompson's also just looked really, really, really bad. And with IKF, you maybe just hope he like rolls something past the, the past like a diving cheater <laughs> and, uh, you know, gets, gets something going. Whereas J- Donaldson just looks lost and swinging at, you know, garbage pitches that I would throw from the mound. That wouldn't hey, taking, even reach pitches home down, taking pitches down the pipe and then, you know, swinging at the garbage, you know, it's yeah. a great combination. Seems, that seems to be like a a, a a team-wide issue too. Like we're just like there's pitches down the plate with and not just Josh Donaldson, but every batter, and you just see them just staring at it. Like, what are you guys looking for here? Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. So it, it's just it's an extremely frustrating situation because you don't know who is going to step up and actually get a hit when everyone is ice cold, especially now in the CS. And, you know, part of that, obviously, 
is a credit to the Guardians and Astros pitching, which are both among the best in baseball this year. I think the Astros probably were the best, honestly. So, yeah, they are very good at baseball. They are probably going to be good at keeping you from not hitting the baseball. But at the same time, like it's 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 pretty maddening to watch this team just like fold. <laughs> yeah, and if you're going to insist on playing Josh Johnson, he he cannot be where he is in the lineup. Like he needs to hit eighth because because <laughs> moving I, up though, that's the thing. Like they like honestly, was hitting seventh yesterday. It's like oh god. Honestly, I put like Oswald and Oswaldo up there, and and you'll figure it out or something because. At least with them, you hope for at least maybe some potential contact or something that might be able to just drive something in. But like, if maybe. like, I mean, Oswald like, has struck out ten times in the postseason. Yeah. I just I like his face better. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down <laughs> to, right? It's just like <laughs> that's just what it is. Yeah, I think I'd rather I think I'd rather lose with somebody I like going down than somebody I don't. Than just flailing and I yeah. I'm tired of Josh Johnson's face. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, and who who could blame you? I look forward to the day that the Yankees eat whatever is left on that contract and get rid of him. But hopefully that day is today. Yeah. And they, <laughs> I don't know the logistics and the playoff rules and how it works, but like, can the Yankees just cut him? Josh Donaldson abdicates Miami challenge. Yeah, I know you can you can bring somebody back onto the roster if like. You put like uh, you somebody goes down with an injury, but like I don't, and I doubt that this ever, has ever happened. And maybe it has. But, like, if you, what if you just like suspend somebody yourself? Like, I understand if MLB suspends a player during the playoffs, like they're probably going to play a man short. But what if like the team's just like Josh Johnson was been suspended for con- uh, uh, conduct detrimental to the team, and the <laughs> conduct was just being bad at baseball? <laughs> I don't think they could do that. Actually, there was a thing in in the seventies where the A's owner tried to like fire his second baseman because he made a bunch of errors in a game, and the players association was like, no, 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 or at least not in the middle of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I still think they should explore that option. Yeah. It's like you know, just push push the envelope. You know, it's whatever. <laughs> Look, you, you you started getting good vibes going when you left Chapman off the roster. You got to continue and go full into the good vibes and leave Donaldson off the roster. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this all comes back to it's easy to criticize, but we don't really have a solution. Like, yeah, I'm talking about like Donaldson needs to hit eighth, and that's just because I don't like his face. But like to your point. What are you? Who do you put there instead? That's gonna actually get, inspire some confidence. I'm not talking logically here. I'm just talking about whose face I like better, and that's the best I have here. That's the best solution. Is like, hey, let's rank their faces and put make that the lineup. Yeah, no, it's as simple enough as like if you shut down Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Glaber Torres, and pretty much all the Yankees' good hitters. Yeah, you're probably going to win the playoff series. So yeah, <laughs> if. And- the Yankees don't come alive at Yankee Stadium, then well, their season's over, and it's as simple yeah. as that. This is kind of like the the August stretch here now, where if Judge doesn't do anything, this team's not winning, and that's kind of where we are at this point, where Judge needs to kind of go off mm-hmm. in order for the Yankees to have any shot. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, a, he needs to go off. I- he needs to go off and have someone else supporting him too, because they also lost a bunch of those games in August when he was, he, he was trying to keep them afloat by himself, but there was literally no one else out there. 
See, see, you're talking about winning games. I'm talking about just having a chance at winning yeah. games. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. I haven't even I haven't even reached winning games yet. Yeah. We're and just... with, you know, what I should say also what's most maddening is that they've done this while keeping Jose Altuve hitless for the postseason and Jordan Alvarez with just one hit. Like they've been doing their job against the Astros, best hitters minus Alex Bregman, and then randomly the bottom of the lineup. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's my biggest issue too, right? Is the pitching has been like you again question a couple moves from Boone or whatever, but overall the pitching's been very good. Yeah. Um, even like Frankie Montas gave up the homer, but uh, I think Jake brought it up in our Slack where like overall he didn't look bad. Yeah, actually, like John's doing an article about that today where, you know, after the home run, which is very easy for it to stick out in everyone's minds and be frustrating because it was the first pitch. So it was like an immediately knife punch. <laughs> but after yeah. that, uh, he looked pretty good against the heart of the lineup. Exactly. But I think my, my biggest issue right now or frustration is that and I'm not knocking on the Astros so all you Astros fans who definitely listen to the Pinstripe Alley podcast on a weekly basis like relax for a second I'm not saying that this is not a good a very good team and I'm not saying that this isn't the best team remaining in the playoffs because yeah they are probably they're the most complete team they're the best team remaining and they're a very good team but they haven't been unbeatable in these playoffs like even like, and this is coming off of, yeah, they swept Seattle. But even Seattle, I felt like, showed that the Astros can lose, even though they just didn't because, you know, you decide to go to Robbie Ray in the, in the game one after he scored seven runs off of Justin Verlander. And those are some choices there, too. But, yeah, I don't know. This team just – this Astros team feels beatable, and the Yankees just aren't doing it, at least yeah. to me. It's, it's, it, no, it's like a fine line because – I do agree. The Astros, the, I think this is actually the best Astros team that the Yankees have played in like the seven years. They're better. I think they're better than in 17, 19, 21, just because their pitching is so dominant. But yeah, I think that they, they, they've had shown, they've shown some cracks and unfortunately, you know, first the Mariners and now the Yankees have not been able to get the decisive blow to put them on top and get the win. And, you know, that's that's a credit, too, to the Astros, like, late-game management. Uh, they have great relief pitching that will just stifle you. Certainly stifled the Mariners. And it's done a good job stifling the Yankees so far, except for the Rizzo home run. So, it's just... It, they're, they're letting them get away with not playing at 100%, you know? Yeah, and, that's, and I think a lot of it comes down to just the fact that Altuve is struggling and th- that, that man has given me nightmares for the last, like, six years of my life. But you got you to gotta do something. I don't know what it is, but something needs to happen. Like, obviously, time's running out. You're down, oh, you're down two games in the series. But hopefully, you know, once they get to the stadium, you know, they're back in the Bronx now for game three. They're going to have Garrett Cole on the mound. This is your chance. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny because it's like okay well you know I feel pretty good about you know, Cole and Nestor going games three and four it's like yeah I mean I do too but the pitching has not been the problem really so yeah. you know they, they've got to they got to wake up the bats and I don't know exactly how you wake up the bats at this point I think you just probably have to play your best nine hitters and hope that they don't like look as bad as they have for most of the postseason I think that means also yeah I agree Get, keeping IKF out of there, 
unless you're trying him at third base and putting Donaldson on the bench, but even, even, I, I don't know. It's, it's extremely frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And, and I could very easily see like a, a 2017 type situation happening again, where they win every game at home sure. and you know, they're up three, two in the series going back to Houston. But and then I still don't feel good because it's easy to say, yeah, you just need to win one game in Houston, but apparently that's the most impossible thing in the world. And I brought this quote up in our in our Slack a few times, but like Aaron Boone, after they got swept in Houston earlier this season, uh, earlier during the regular season, it was like, yeah, if we come, if we if we play here in October, we're gonna show up. Yeah, you haven't yet. No, not really. <laughs> you haven't yet, you're my guy. Yeah, and I, I I look forward to more of Aaron Boone in 2023. I'm sure. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll take a we'll take an ad break, do a breather, and uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> And we're back. And um, oh, actually, one thing I will ask you about: What did you thought of the very weird, uh, kind of beautifully odd National League Championship Series with the Padres and the Phillies? <laughs> oh yes, we should talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I am not surprised in the least because those were my two picks out of the uh, uh, before the NLDS started. I, I I nailed Padres in four. I will have everyone know because I am a Somehow. brain genius. Yeah, I am a brain genius. Um, I, I I had Phillies in five, but uh, they 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 even one up me. But yeah, no. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's pure chaos energy because who the hell expected this? And uh, I hope the Padres kind of. You know, I I hope it goes seven games because it's just a fun series and fun series that don't involve the Yankees should always go seven series, yeah, uh, seven games. Excuse me. So I hope it goes seven seven games. But I I had the Yankees and the Padres as my preseason World Series pick. I uh, got picks. So if the Padres could at least uh, prove me right in one uh, on one side, I'll at least feel a little bit happy. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty hilarious to see. You know, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Braves, they're all at home. They all want 100 games, but they're all at home because these teams upset them. Like, Padres knocked off the Mets, then they knocked off the 111-win Dodgers in four games, which is pretty preposterous, but, you know, baseball. And then the Phillies did the same thing to the Braves after after knocking off the Cardinals pretty easily as well. So, wow, you know, you didn't expect to get to this point, but you – feel pretty good about the Phillies starting pitching. Maybe they can get them over the top. Obviously, uh, Nola did not follow up Wheeler's good start uh, in game one. Wheeler was, op- Wheeler was absolutely dominant. That was he was crazy. Yeah. Um, but it, they the series is tied heading back to Philly. And I agree. I'm looking forward to this hopefully being a long series. And hopefully whoever comes out of that can beat the Astros, who will probably come out of the American League. <laughs> nope. Yep. They're doing it. The Yankees are doing it. They're going to nope. start hitting today, even though they don't play today. <laughs> They're going to have a really good batting practice. <laughs> can, can batting practice home runs count for the Yankees only? Uh, speaking of batting practice home runs, Kyle Schwarber, that was... Yeah, that was a batting practice home oh, run. Oh, yeah. Apparently, like, people you know, like people with the Padres <laughs> are saying, like, they don't know if they've ever seen that in batting practice. Like there was a home run derby there too. And I don't think anyone reached that second deck. <laughs> yeah. That was the one uh, Giancarlo won, right? Uh, yeah, it was. The San Diego one, yeah. Yeah. And I think they're saying like the secret is like, you know, in home run derbies, 
you're not getting the pitches thrown as hard. So you're not going. So in some degrees, you're not going to hit it as far, even if they're fat pitches. But like that had the velocity behind it to go. (laughs) They only haven't seen it because Aaron Judge didn't participate. That's true. He was uh, he was not quite in the majors yet. (laughs) (laughs) He still still had yet to break the physics of uh, Marlins Park. Yes, which he did. And so I truly believe if he goes to Petco, he'll do something crazy there too for all yeah. the But anyway, yeah, no. Go Dads. I think it's a fun series. What I like about these two teams is they were clearly, you know, the forgotten child of both of their dis- divisions, but they went out and made like actual impactful trades. I mean, obviously Juan Soto hasn't hit like Juan Soto, but he's still been solid. Uh, the Josh Hader trade, like, you know, Hater was struggling uh, in Milwaukee, and you know I think in the initially in, w- once he got to San Diego, he's continued to struggle. But since he kind of turned it around, like since September, he's been just phenomenal, like, oh, yeah, you know, no pitching like Josh Hader again. And that's what you kind of do at the trade deadline. And I don't, I, I think I forgot where I saw somebody kind of point this out, where like, yeah, their their res- overall season records are are like a little bit underwhelming con- compared to the teams they beat. But if you think about what they've done since the trade deadline and like adding the talent that they added, they're probably talent le- true talent level is a little bit higher than what their overall record is because, Hey, they added players to that. And that's what brought them into the postseason. And now they're the two teams like fighting for <laughs> uh, uh, to a spot in the, uh, in the world series. Yeah. Like this is they're they're two teams that are a little random, but they have a lot of star power on there that makes this really fun to watch. You got your Bryce Harpers, you got your Manny Machados, you got your Juan Sotos, got you Darvish, Kyle Schwarber, lots of great players on both teams. So, you know, whoever makes it out, they'll be fun to watch in the World Series. I think it would be cool to see Bryce Harper finally in a World Series. Um would think I mean I think it'd be cool just to see the Padres in the World Series too, just because that's such a novelty because they've only been a couple times ever. Obviously, the Phillies uh, were when we were like in college and they yeah. lost to the Yankees. You may remember they did win in 08. <laughs> yeah, they did win in 08. Yeah, that's true. They beat the Rays. Then I, for that, I was appreciative. <laughs> I was, I was, and then I was appreciative of them losing to the Yankees. <laughs> yes, good sports, good sports, but. Uh, go NLCS. Uh, hopefully the Yankees will meet the winner. I don't know if they will. <laughs> I'm just going to grumble and groan again about one more thing as it relates to the NLCS and the Yankees. It's kind of very annoying as a Yankees fan that Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are both on those teams. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine that Yankees fans would have been super impressed with Bryce Harper needing to DH most of the season. Anyway, I mean, that's not to say that, like, they shouldn't have signed him. But, I mean, yeah, that's that's a fact of life. No, no. and But Yankees fans also booed Aaron Judge in the, in the ALDS. And Yankees fans booed John Carlos Stanton. So, like, I don't care about them. I care about me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking out for number one. Exactly. All right. All right. So, on that note, let's uh, close out with our Yankee and... Manfred of the week. Who is your Yankee of the week? I'm going to go with Wandy Peralta. That's the fair. dude's just awesome. Yeah. Every time <laughs> um, they've called on him, he's been money. Obviously, like he started to tire a little bit in that game three comeback by Cleveland, but he's been so good. Yeah. And like he, he's 
he hasn't really missed a beat. You know, you know, he's coming off from an injury. Like he missed a, a, a part of the end of the regular season there, but you know, he's been just as good as ever. You'd never and know. <laughs> absolutely just clutch. And I think you, 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 you put this in our Slack, like you could just pluck him out of a couch in, our, in, uh, in the middle of January and he'd slowly be able to give you a, a solid inning or two. And yeah, Wandy Peralta, the dude's just awesome. I think there have been maybe like better overall individual performances in the past week. Like, you know, but this is, it's just been too important to the Yankees, what he provides. So Wandy Peralta, do yeah. your thing. That's a, that's a good pick. Um, I will go with Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole has done his job as the Yankees ace, dominated his two starts against Cleveland in the division series. He is the reason that they are still playing. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess uh, may- maybe I should make him man for the week then because <laughs> then I would be free. But that, but then also we would be dealing with Garrett Cole sucks narratives. And uh, obviously he does not suck. He is very good at pitching. So, Yeah. I, I'm glad he's done a little, uh, not a little, a lot to, you know, fix his reputation from last year because. But he was, he was, was definitely pitching he, hurt too. He was definitely a hundred percent hurt. And I'm also happy that while he's continued his obligatory home run streak, he hasn't uh, completely collapsed in the playoffs. Solos. Yet, so. Keep it to solos, yeah. man. Keep it to solos. <laughs> Keep the, maybe the Billy Crystal curse is uh, finally winding down and uh, maybe tomorrow he'll give up no home runs. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I just Challenge. worry that he's gonna like you know give up uh, maybe a couple solo home runs and then the Yankees lose like two to one because they're not scoring worth anything right now and then people are like oh Garrett Cole he blew it it's like oh no it's the offense game no, no no not at all uh, I'll also give just an honorable mention to Harrison Babe Ruth Bader <laughs> whereas I've been calling um, him on Twitter Harrison Bernie Williams Bader with the that, center that, field <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough yeah dude leading the Yankees in home runs because of course he is. Why not? After hitting after hitting none since the the trade deadline, obviously he missed some time. But not, hitting none as a Yankee in the regular season, I guess, is a better way to put it. And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he only had else? five with the Cardinals before he was traded and injured, and now he has like four in the span of like a couple of weeks. Harrison Bader, you need to step up. Yeah, if the Yankees are going to go anywhere, all right. More home runs. To, I need him to break his uh, regular season uh, total this postseason. Yeah. It'd be a good bit. And if anything, yeah. just amuse me with good bits. Aaron Judge, if you also want to break your regular season yeah. home run total during this postseason, I will not complain. There's the challenge. Yeah. Maybe right. you could get to 74 if we include the playoffs. Okay, so who is your band for the week? Josh Donaldson. Go away. I don't like your face. Yeah, it's, it ain't great. It ain't great. Um I'm just gonna make like, my eyes kind of Falefa. I'm punching down, I know, and he's he's lost the most of his starts. He might start again, who knows? But it's just because we have not podcasted since before the division series, what a what a nightmare. I mean, he made like some pretty bad fielding mistakes, and uh, it's pretty punchless at the plate again. And it's just congratulations, man, Yankees. This is this is your stopgap. This is what you've chosen. I hope you're happy with your decisions. Yeah. Again, hopefully, you know, the like by rostering for us and starting him in game two, hopefully the Yankees continue to do the right thing. And, you know, maybe they, they, they maybe still ultimately lose. Maybe Peraza, Peraza looks a little overwhelmed, you know, in the playoffs, even though, you know. It's a tough spot to regular... drop him into. But, you know, 100%, yeah, they don't have, they don't have but the alternative. <laughs> you just got to roll the dice with them. Like, 
I think we talked about like even if uh, the the Yankees were kind of just trying to hide Peraza a little bit to try and use him as trade bait because maybe they don't feel too confident about him. Like you're not going to lose much value by like a rough postseason series just because their first one and whatever. But yeah, yeah. you just got to roll the dice with Peraza and go with it. Yeah, I worry that they're gonna be like, "Oh, he looked overmatched. Let's uh, get I can't back in there for game three. Yeah. But it's that's not what we can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that ain't it. Um, please, no more IKF after this year or now. <laughs> the, the only person IKF should be taking starts from right now is Josh Johnson, and even yeah. that's like a whatever. I don't care. I don't like either of their faces. Yeah. Blink. Yeah. At least um, IKF seems like a good guy. That is all that we'll say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I can't seem like a fine person. He doesn't bring bad vibes. He's just annoying. Yeah, and, like, I felt bad for him after, like, the mistakes in the division series because you could see in, like, his post-game interviews that he was just crushed about it, but, like... Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well. Two very different uh, ends of the uh, annoying spectrum. Yeah, like, uh, Donaldson's, like, a very much I hate you, Josh Donaldson, Manfred of the Week. IKF is more like an I hate the front office for making IKF the guy in this position. Manfred Lewis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is the symbol, but he is not the cause. Yeah. Anyway. I will also, uh, since I gave an honorable mention in the Yankee of the Week, I'll give one at the in the Manfred of the Week, is uh, the extremely low call strikes from the umpires. <sighs> yeah, that's not that's not helping things. I mean, yeah. it's not, again, it's not the reason, but it's not helping It's not things. the reason, but it's definitely not helping. Yeah. Yeah. I can go into Giancarlo's stand, too. Like, a 3-0... Yeah. <laughs> Ball turn ball four turns into a strike, then he strikes out, and yeah, that's the end of the rally. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, I, I look forward to. I saw uh, like an AFL highlight of Jason Dominguez challenging a strike call and actually winning it and uh being awarded a walk because of it because I think it was like a three two or something like that. And I wait for that day in Major League Baseball. Yeah, let's let's hope it comes soon. All right. So we got to wrap up. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Pinstrip Alley. You can follow me on Twitter at Merns PSA. Uh, what is your prediction for the NLCS? Padres in seven. All right. That's right. I think you did say that, but that's okay. We're repeating it. <laughs> Padres, <laughs> Padres in seven, in seven twice. <laughs> Padres in seven with Soto as the MVP is what you had, actually. So, yep. And I had Padres in five with you Darvish as the MVP, but I don't think that's going to happen, especially because you Darvish got uh, give up a couple home runs and give one. Oh, well. <laughs> well, the game's at least the series is at least going five. At this that's point. true. Maybe he throws like a no hitter in the last game and then they win. So possible. Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for us. Let's go Yankees. Hopefully we get to talk to you soon again soon before the season ends. Uh, if not, we will talk to you afterward, but let's go Yankees. <laughs> Keep the season alive.